And welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips uh, alongside a fantastic alternative music playlist. So um, we had another fantastic week last week at Bay Hill and Bay, Bay Hill, I know it's a bit of a was a bit of a hot topic on social media last night as to whether Bay Hill is getting too tough, a little bit um, unfair at times. Uh, I personally love it. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there when Tyrrell Hatton won in, let's get this right, 2020. Uh, and I think this, um, yeah, this, this course set up, I think there's... There's room for events like this on the PGA Tour. I'm not so much one for the uh, 20 unders every week. I love the uh, strategy that has to be brought into play. So, yeah, it was a cracking week at Bay Hill for me. Uh, anyway, before we recap Bay Hill, we have another guest with us this week. As always, I try to bring you the best from the golf betting world uh, guest-wise. And I'm delighted this week that uh, I'm joined by everyone's favourite Canadian to pinch Kenny Kim's line, uh, Tyler Tambaline from uh, Mayo Media Network and Run Pure Sports and, of course, the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Uh, Tyler, good evening. How are you? Martin, my guy, Sundog Monkey. I, we've been talking for ages. Uh, I'm excited to get on your pod for once. I know we've had you over on ours a couple of times. And unfortunately, the last time, I believe, was when the uh, the sadness of the Hideki Matsuyama 9-under to no avail oh. got anybody nowhere. And now we're, we're here. We're back on together, man. So I'm excited to be on with you this week. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to have you, even if you did remind me of Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, appreciate the bigger bigger picture, as it were, going on in the world at the time, of course. But uh, uh, I was on Hideki that week, so I was just thinking, please get one more round in. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, they didn't, uh, sadly. But uh, yeah, but it was great to obviously join you and Kenny back then. And it's uh, it, it's been too long. So uh, it's uh, great, great to be chatting with you again. And uh, thank you so much for making the time. So uh, you might have just heard me there, uh, Tyler, touching on... Um, Bay Hill last week. Uh, another win for Scotty Scheffler, two in two in three. Uh, my man, uh, Chris Kirk, looked for one minute as though he was going to get right in it when he held a bomb on 13, but then the three putt on 14 and uh, the bogey on 15 did for him. But I, I still thought it was a fantastic watch and Scheffler managed his way around so well there at the end. And, and I think there's plenty of room for tournaments like this. Uh, what, what was your take on it, Tyler? Do, do you enjoy the grind or are you more of a 20 under man? I do enjoy the grind much more. Kenny and I have talked about this plenty of times and it's just to what you just said. Like, you know, I know all the stuff about the Rory comments and everything, but I even posted it out on Twitter today. Like I thought that was taken a little bit out of consideration. Most looked at it as he, he had the first round lead and blew it. So he's complaining because of that. But realistically, the only question that was posed to Rory was around what do you think the turnout will be like here in the future years if people know this is the type of grind they're going to have to suffer through, quote unquote, suffer through to then go and play the players the next week where there's a huge purse like this week where it's, I believe it's the biggest ever, 3.6 to first. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, you and I are the same, I think, in that sense, Martin, where I like these events much more. I, even, like, look at the ending you get out of it. Chris Kirk thought he was going to win. Gary Woodland makes that eagle, gives it right back on the next hole with a double. Like, it's that quick, the change of hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, Billy Horschel is back in this thing now. Nope, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler picking up his second win in three events. So what an incredible finish. Good for Scotty. Uh, he's a guy that's had a little bit of trouble in the past getting that monkey off his back. And now that he's got the the one win at the, the WM Phoenix Open, bounce back with a seventh at the Genesis. And now floodgates, right? That's what everybody's talking about. Back, you know, two out of the last three 
getting the job done over a guy like Hovland, who himself has been getting wins in bunches. So great to see for Scotty. Awesome for him and his team. Yeah, agree 100%. And, and like you say, it was so up and down. I mean, from a, from a betting perspective, Kirk, you know, one minute I thought, okay, the momentum's going with him here. He's holding the bomb on 13. He's uh, At that point, I really thought he could win. Um, and uh, uh, and then literally 10 minutes later, I'm sweating over the top eight place, buddy, because he's uh, <laughs> back down to, well, not 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, he, he's back down to minus three and he's got the tough 17th and 18th to play. And uh, uh, and one more mistake and he's, he's tumbling sort of down to ninth or 10th place. But, um, uh, but uh, yeah, we... Um, from the pod's point of view and my betting point of view, we uh, we we got our money back, made a small small profit, so uh, I'm more than happy with that. Uh, how how was it for you from a betting and DK perspective? Any any joy? Not much, no, really pain actually. This is how it goes sometimes in these streets. But uh, I had the Rory outright, which looked you know I'm never looking at anything on Thursday from that perspective, but I did have a sprinkle. Bet three six five has these, uh, you know, they had a bet Rory first round leader and then to win with a boosted odds there, I think it was 100 or 125 to one. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm happy to have that in my back pocket. Mm. He obviously did not have the best weekend. So that one hurt from a betting perspective. And then the second side of things was on the DraftKings side. I had a fifth place on Saturday's major showdown contest where either a Keegan Bradley or Kokrak birdie would have won me 50K. That did not happen. And then on Sunday, I came in second place in a fantasy golf world championship qualifier where the difference is a seat for a value estimated around 16,000. It's not quite that. That's what it's divided up by over the entire prize pool. But second place is $125. So not so good there. It's quite the difference in first and second, but a fun week nonetheless. And I got to victory lap a little bit because I told everyone that Will Zalatoris 30 to one was a, a fool's gold bet. And he proved that over the weekend with the putting yips and everything after everybody told me he already won on Thursday. Yeah, he was um he was last week's jolly, wasn't he, as he were as it were, Willie Z. And uh, uh I mean I have backed him myself in recent weeks, so I'm not gonna uh uh, I'm not going to claim um, innocence on that front, as it were. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, but he was—he wasn't for me last week, and uh, as, he, as you say, um, on those slick greens, he was—he uh, was found out, wasn't he? But um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a case of um, uh, Captain Kirk delivering, but in the end, it was beam me up scotty as they say so uh uh so my first song as you know um well newer listeners might not know but every week we have some musical picks and uh uh, i put a playlist out afterwards that uh, can be listened to on spotify uh and um yeah my first musical pick this week uh i've been itching for a way to get um this band on at some point or other they're basically my favorite band ever so uh it's um a band called catherine wheel who uh actually i think um because they're an english band originally but uh canada became kind of their best stomping ground so you they might be a bit before your time tyler because i know i'm probably <laughs> a few years older than you uh but there is talk of a reunion so uh if, if they if they do reform they'll play in canada and i recommend going there but uh um i'm going to stick with the space theme and pick a song from their Second album, um, which was called Chrome, and there's a song called Ursa Major Space Station on that album. So um, uh, in context of Beam Me Up Scotty and Captain Kirk, uh, it's Ursa Major Space Station by Catherine Will as my first pick this week. So anyway, what follows Bay Hill? Well, of course, it's um, it's TPC Week, the Players' Championship, one of my favourite uh, events, or probably my favourite events of the year. Uh, as you touched on at the beginning, Tyler, I've been lucky enough to 
go there over the years a uh, few times and um hopefully i'll be back there next year unfortunately couldn't make it this year but it's a it's a cracking event cracking course uh, and it always brings us a huge amount of drama uh, tpc sawgrass probably doesn't need much introduction but it's a par 72 7,200 7, yards long, I'll get my words out, approximately. Um, Bermuda Greens, obviously, we're on here in Florida. And, of course, it's got the iconic finishing stretch, uh, the 16th par 5, uh, the par 3 17th Island Green, which needs no introduction, and the tough 18th. And uh, you've got that incredible amphitheater around um, the back of 16, the 17th, and the 18th tee, which is um, just incredible. Uh, it's a peak die design, of course. Uh, other die designs, if you're Looking at correlating courses, we've got Hilton Head, um, home of um, the Heritage, uh, TPC River Highlands for the Travellers, uh, the Stadium Course, which is used for a couple of rounds at the Amex, and then also TPC Austin is the home of the match play. Um, uh, they're the regular events uh, on tour which uh, use uh, peak die designs. Um, for me, this is all about ball striking, um, finding your fairways, finding your greens. Uh, and um, if you're an informed player, uh, then you can make scoring look quite easy here. But uh, if you're not, um, you do see some really big numbers. Um, it's certainly a course that players either love or hate. You've got some players like Dustin Johnson, uh, Bubba Watson, who've just never been able to grips with it and get to grips with it, and others like uh, Siwoo Kim, um, who's a bit of a peak die specialist, who just love it here. Uh, what, what do you take as the keys to unlocking Sawgrass? What, what have you picked up on this event over the years, Tyler? Yeah, a lot that goes with it. I think it's why I like it just like you. I know it's not for everybody. It's a, it's a tough test. It's challenging. It never seems to work out the same. There's guys that do well here one year and completely botch it up the next year. But for me, I do look a little bit more at longer term. I treat it just like the major it is in my mind. I know all the jokes around the fifth major, but it's just the tough. It's a tough test. It's the best field. Strength of field is something I think goes overlooked more than most use when it comes to betting and in DraftKings play, because I, I think it matters. I know we make fun of the OWGR and the rankings and point systems, but I do think it matters. Like sometimes guys like Berger or Scott or Sergio, even Louie, they only play in the best of the best fields. So when people see them come 20th all the time, they oftentimes write them off. And look, if that's all they're going to play in is those fields, then I understand from a betting perspective why some might do that. But if you're talking like just like, like Berger at the Honda, wasn't the strongest field. He had his chance there. Berger at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am the year before when he won it. When these tough, when these better players get in these weaker fields, Adam Scott had a chance at the window, missed a five footer, and then in the playoff went down. But when they get into these little bit weaker fields based on strength of field, then it becomes a little bit different. So here I look at the longer term form when it comes to stats, approach, scrambling around the green in general, all of that matters to me. And then I do think the experience is somewhat important, but I don't think course history as is as big of a deal unless maybe you're talking about one guy who I've got later on. It definitely matters, I think. And then some of the others along the way that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I go along with pretty much everything you said there. I'll, I'll, I'll slightly differ with you on course history. I think course history, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about having had a top five here, but I think course experience certainly yes. is, is, is pretty key here. Uh, and um, if you look at, uh, if you go back, over the last 10 winners, um, all of them apart from Siwoo Kim 
uh, have had uh, a top 16, I think, here before. And the average number of starts, again, apart from Siwoo Kim, who bucked all the trends, really, uh, is is six starts um, here for, for um, the winners over recent years. And you can actually go back further than that as well. I mean, I'm focusing on the last 10 years, but you could go back further to sort of, um, you, you know, the likes of um, Henrik Stenson, Stephen Ames, who won here in sort of, uh, um, you know, sort of 15 plus years ago. Uh, Stenson, I think, was 2008, possibly, or 2009. Um, they they all had some some history here. Uh, and uh, it's very rare, as I say, Siwoo is the outlier, but it's very rare you get um, a player just pitch up here and win on their second visits or win having sort of missed a couple of cuts and done nothing else here before. Uh, incoming yeah, I love, I love the way you sorry. brought it up uh, with the experience, Martin. I think that's the key yeah. factor. I, I And that's what I'm talking about when I look at longer term. Like, you know, yeah. this week we're still going to have conversations around, like when Kenny and I talk about it, especially guys like Cameron Young, who are mm. incredible young talents playing yeah. some incredible golf right now. But do they compare in that range against some of the other guys that have seen this course a bunch of times regardless of the results i'd rather those that know what the test in front of them is so to your point love the experience angle not so much worried about what their results were in the past and an example i think would be like kevin kisner second miscut 56 miscut 22nd like he can play well here it's yeah. just what year will he is he on a what's the pattern molinari another guy has similar backstory but I understand fully where you're coming from. I just, I like the experience angle more than the history. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And um, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, of course, there will be someone who's not played here before who'll come along and have a great week and, you know, possibly finish in the, uh, you know, the top eight um, betting sort of places, if you like, from the point of view of a payout. Um, would it be Cameron Young? I don't know. Could, could be. Um, uh, but um, yeah. I won't be touching those guys this week. Then they're, they're, they're not for for me. You know, the first timers here are yeah. are, um, are going to be swerved by me this week. So, um, incoming form is really key as well. Um, I, I don't know if that's something you're looking at closely, but uh, uh, current form, like I said, it's the sort of place that if you find your fairways, find your greens, you're hitting the ball well, you can score here. But uh, if your game's not um, not on, as it were, then you can be all at sea and easily rack up a 77, 78 or something around here. Uh, and again, if you look at the last 10 years, uh, no one has finished worse um, than 22nd in their previous start um, who's won here, basically. So uh, if, if you fancy someone who sort of missed the cut at Bay Hill or something, then, I, you know, of course, trends are there to be broken, but I would be um, uh, wary of that. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a couple of other things, actually, that have always struck me about this. And it's quite sort of, you know, it's an event. And maybe it's because I've been there um, over the years. So I've obviously sort of got more of a handle on it, if you like, or maybe just studied it in closer in the earlier years. But um, there's a couple of other trends that I've always sort of followed here. Uh, and um, it's a bit bizarre, really, in that um, it's been a home of players breaking quite long droughts. Uh, only four of the past 10 winners had won in the past 12 months. Uh, so we've had a lot of players like Webb Simpson, um, uh, Ricky Fowler, who have come here and broken a drought of sort of two, three, four, you know, four years plus. So, um, again, of course, I'm not going to say that uh, Scotty Scheffler can't uh, uh, can't win, although he did miss the cut on his only visit here, which is enough to put me off. But um, uh, it's it seems to be... Um, yeah, somewhere that it all clicks for someone who hasn't quite been able to get it to click of, of late. And it's also somewhere, and perhaps in keeping with the fifth major, uh, that players who have never quite won a major 
um, who have been sort of in that bracket, a, a KJ Choi, a Matt Kuchar, um, a Ricky Fowler, uh, who were never quite sort of got over the line in the majors, but threatened to have got over the line here. So that's uh, some, something else I've noticed. Um, are there any other stats of struck out to you over the years here or stuck out to you over the years here at all time anything else not, not particular i do think you made a good point on the recent form and that's where like i said it can clash a little from a betting perspective i could definitely see why many wouldn't go back to scotty scheffler but he was a prime example at least he's seen the course he was literally here last year he missed the cut but then you have to angle that if someone was just going on course history they might say no to scotty scheffler but you got to think look at what how good he's playing right now two wins in some tough conditions the ball striking's there and then even at genesis which another very strong field, tough track. He had a seventh on DraftKings, not betting, but on DraftKings, he's only 9,200. And lots of people don't like to go back to a previous week's winner yeah. where he can be your second or third guy into your lineup. I think that's something I would consider when we talk later. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, I'll be um, very much um, asking you if you sort of how you play a different strategy on DraftKings in an event like this compared to obviously from a betting point of view, because uh, uh, obviously to a, a DraftKings novice like me, it's easy just to think I'll uh, stack my lineup with the players I've backed to, you know, from a betting point of view, but that's obviously not the, not the way to go about it. Um, so before we just uh, briefly summarize the betting market and then go into the picks, uh, I have another song. Uh, and of course, at um, TPC Sawgrass Players Championship, uh, we have Pink Out Day, um, where uh, it's obviously for a great cause on the Saturday, I think it is, uh, where, or probably, it's, no, it's the Sunday actually, where um, uh, the players all wear, uh, or all of them wear sort of something. Um, pink or a, a ribbon pink in relation to, uh, I think it's breast cancer research or certainly cancer research. And um, uh, obviously, um, you know, money's collected for a great cause. So um, it's got to be Pretty in Pink by the Psychedelic Furs. Um, I don't know if you remember that film, Pretty in Pink, uh, Tyler, or was that before your time as well? Or it might, it might be before my time, but because, uh, and it'll come with a couple of my songs later. I know there's one that you can't wait to just tell me all about, but <laughs> or tell the people all about, but uh my dad was always into this type of stuff, and so I've definitely heard of it for sure. And and that's yeah, where no, I, you know some some of the songs later I wanted to bring to you came from that that relationship. As yeah, well. yeah. Well, if you if the film's good as well, if you ever get to see the film, it's a good film. It's from that sort of eighties um, uh, Brat Pack sort of the Breakfast Club type sort of thing. So um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good film if you ever get to see it. Uh, right, so Pretty in Pink by the Psychedelic Furs and uh, the betting market this week. Well, certainly over here in the UK, and I'm assuming it's similar at your end in, in Canada. Um, we've got three players vying for favoritism. Um, Morikawa, uh, last year's winner, Justin Thomas, and um, John Rahm, of course. They're all available at 14 to 1 here. The market can't really make its mind up. Um, and um, they're followed by Victor Hovland and Rory, who are both available at 20s. Uh, Patrick Cantlay at 22s and Scotty uh, Scheffler at 25s. Uh, if you had to back, if you had to put your money on one of those front three in the market, um, uh, which one would it be, Tyler? I, I do feel best about Morikawa. I know it's going to be, uh, there, it'll be people will be back and forth on this. Obviously, Rom is a whole different conversation right now. And I think some people do like him. It looks like mm -hmm. a couple of the markets have moved in his favor now. So didn't take long. You get the biggest number on the, uh, the number one player in the world. But I just think it's tough to go back to back. So with Justin Thomas, again, that's mm -hmm. a decision later when we'll talk DraftKings. But from a betting perspective, it's tough to go back to back. Rom is incredible still with his ball striking, but the the short game has been gone completely as far as around the green and with the putter. Mm -hmm. And that will matter 
for sure here. And again, he's the number one player in the world for a reason. He could find it. But Morikawa is just a guy that, you know, even at Genesis, it looked like he was going to come take that thing from behind. I know, again, you can go back to his result here last year. Not the best, but happy that he saw the place. I think at the end of the day, he's got the complete game and it always comes down to him if he finds the putter. Well, that he found it at the Genesis, so hopefully he can continue it. But there is a little stat out there that he hasn't been able to go back to back with the putter any in the past two years. So, you know, that's another thing to think of. But he'd be the one I'd be happiest to put my money on with what I think he can do right now. Yeah, no, I can see your reasoning. Um, for me, it would be John Rye if I had to back one of them. I must admit I was actually close uh, to going with him. Uh, I just, um, it's all there apart from the short game, like you say, and you just have to think it's going to click uh, at some point. And uh, if the putts start dropping, assuming the short, the long game doesn't desert him, as often could be the case, of course, uh, when the putts start to drop, uh, then um, he's, he's going to be, you know, he's, gonna, well, he's probably going to be right there regardless. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Ram will be the one of the front three for me. He's got the history here. Uh, he's um, he's improved every year. Uh, so and of course he was right in the hunt um, uh, a few years back when he he made that uh, uh, bad decision when he uh, went against his caddy on the par five eleventh. I think it was his second shot in there. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, yes, uh, his, um, Adam, uh, his caddy didn't want him to go for it, and uh, uh, he did, and um, that was um, that was the end for him. But he, he was uh, the round three leader. I think that. Yeah, so um, so he's he's trending in the right direction in this course. And again, coming back to course history, and I get your point totally about Morikawa, but um, between Hovland and Scheffler, uh, they've not made a cut in it. Well, they've only started once each, both missed the cut. Uh, Morikawa, 41st. Cantlay, the best of 22nd in four starts. So, um, uh, of course, you know, they could all make a mockery of that and yeah. win this week, but not, none the, of them. I think you're describing why, uh, I don't know exactly where your card starts, but mine starts at 40 for a reason. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. These guys are just, like you said, you could make an argument, but it, it, it's also, in my opinion, like you're doing now, it's easier to make the argument against mm. at these numbers. I guess if from that perspective, I kind of like your call on Rom, just because if you were really just arguing from a numbers perspective, why not take the guy that's had the ball striking, just needs to find the short game and is still the number one player in the world that gets a little bit magnified because of that. You know, the 10 inch putt is he, how often has that happened? Never. And you know, now he misses one and that yeah. just gets magnified because of who it is and what it is, but that's unlikely to continue. And it, by the way, that was on a putt that was pretty pretty far downtown that he ended up just burning the edge to leave it there. And then he put it up to that point and missed the, the short one and the 10 inch on top. So get, it gets extremely magnified because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the weather, that's something we could be talking about this week. Uh, I don't know if you, you've um, looked at um, the forecast much at all, Tyler, but uh, unfortunately I think we could be, we've had a good run with the weather on the PGA tour or late, but I think we could be a, uh, Heading for a one or two interruptions this week. There's there's storms potentially on the first couple of days. Uh, Saturday, I mean, the wind is always a bit of an issue at um, uh, Sawgrass and uh, obviously one of the course's main main defences. But um, Saturday, I think possibility of thirty mile an hour plus wind, so that could uh, could could get quite interesting. We might be seeing a quite a high ball count in the water on seventeen on Saturday. So uh, um, hopefully the storms stay away, but. Uh, yeah, that could uh, could keep scoring a little bit on the higher side. Although if um, there's no 
interruptions on Thursday or Friday and um, the wind's not so strong, but we've got a little bit of a softer course from storms earlier in the week. That could lead to some low scoring first couple of days. So do you tend to, I mean, it's always been a poison chalice looking at weather forecast. Do you tend to bother with it sort of um, five days or four days before, or do you really not bother until the, the day or so before? One thing I'm extremely comfortable with, and this is, you know, just a point, I think it's interesting because in the space we're both in, like, for example, your article, I read it every week. I tweeted out about it last week. I loved your Bo Hostler call, which was, again, it didn't turn out in the end, but it turned out pretty good overall, considering from a DraftKings perspective. He was yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he finished so, really well. If you notice, sorry, I don't know if you noticed, he finished really well yesterday. Once he'd um, slumped right down, he had four, four birdies in his last eight holes, which uh, uh, any of the guys top of the leaderboard would have paid a lot of money for those. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's okay. I, I just think, you know, little things like that. But I, what, one thing I was going to say just is that I know from, you know, what you do myself with Kenny, all the, you know, the content that goes out, I feel like everyone feels like they absolutely have to make their six picks on a Monday because that's what the content is. But for me, I don't do that. Like if I only have three bets on Monday, I only have three. And one thing I'll say, and I tweeted it out this morning was just around the weather definitely looks real. So first off, from a DraftKings perspective, I'm going to wait till Wednesday to make my lineups like I always do and see if there is any edge. If not, I'll ignore it and I'll go from there. But at least I can wait till get the best information as possible. We know how wrong these meteorologists can be. So mm. there's that factor. From a betting perspective, though, like look at some of those numbers. People were picking up Gary Woodland at 150 to 1 on Saturday. And he, yeah. he almost won the tournament. Like there, there was a lot of different factors that you can wait and see. And in a tournament this deep, with this strength of field, like we talked about earlier, and how good it is, I've got no problem just picking up three, maybe four today, starting at 40, like we're going to go through our picks, and then seeing what happens and saving some in the tank for the weekend because there should be some pretty good numbers out there after round one, or you know, and then likewise on the weekend after the big wind hits. Yeah, well, Ke Kenny, um, Kenny's evidence of that, isn't he? Because he, um, I believe he picked up um, Scotty Scheffler at 50 to 1 uh, yes. on, on Saturday morning, possibly. So, um, uh, yeah, so there's certainly a lot of mileage in what, what you're saying there, absolutely. So, uh, I guess, yeah, from my point of view, because I'm putting out my preview, uh, I'm nailing my colours to the mast on a Monday, obviously. But yeah, if I was someone just reading previews, taking in information, as it were, then then absolutely, unless I thought the guy that um, I wanted to be on was, was someone who'd been ticked up everywhere and his odds were being hammered, uh, then yeah, I probably would, um, yeah, you know, sort of keep keep my powder dry, as it were, until uh, a Tuesday evening or a Wednesday Wednesday you know, um, yeah. Yeah, and of course, some of the guys we're picking, the reason you're picking them is we love the number and we expect them to come out hot and that number yeah. to disappear. So most certainly get that angle as well. I just, I, you know, if I don't completely love it, you'll hear one of the guys I bet. These are guys that I really like what I've seen lately or what I like going into it or the number's just too big in my mind. And so I would be more scared to lose that versus with yeah. the others. Like you just mentioned, those three at the top. If Morikawa is not leading after day one, uh, and he's, you know, four strokes, five strokes back because somebody has a hot first round, I think I'll pick up a much better number. And if I'm interested, maybe I would jump in then, but I'm not jumping to bet it at 14 to one right now. Yeah, no, um, um, makes perfect sense. Uh, right, so um, I'm going to lead off on the picks because I think I've gone for the shortest odds player this week. And um, I'm uh, starting things off with Daniel Berger. And uh, to be honest, my, I mean, again, as you commented on my Bo Hostler selection 
last week. Uh, those who read my previews and listen to the pod will know that I'm always prone to throwing in a sort of 150 to one shot or 200 to one shot in there. And it only needs uh, one of them to get a place every now and again, or of course, one of them to win. And um, you're going to be very uh, uh, quids in, as it were. But uh, this week, I'm playing it fairly sort of solid and predictably, if you like. And uh, I'm going to start off with Daniel Berger. Uh, and it's all right there on the tin, as it were. Um, he's a Florida guy, obviously. So we know he we, we like he likes playing his golf in this part of the world. Obviously, very comfortable on the Bermuda Greens. Uh for three days, he was incredibly impressive at the Honda, uh, built up the five-shot lead, and then um, an imposter took his place on Sunday, and uh, it all went horribly wrong. But I think we have to take the positives to the fact that uh, he played great golf over three days. Uh, he strikes me as the kind of character who will have been pretty riled about that and will be determined to put it right, rather than he'll have been sort of completely knocked out of his... Um, not uh, had his steam knocked out of him, as it were, and, and he'll sort of go into a slump. So I'm expecting him to sort of come out strongly this week. Uh, to be honest, he was on my radar at the Honda uh, for this for this week already, and uh, so I was in some ways. No disrespect to him. I was quite glad he didn't get the job done at the Honda because had he done, I wouldn't necessarily have been wanting to jump on board again this week. Uh, he's up in the top 10 in Tita Green stats on tour, which is the big stat um, I'm looking for this week from the point of view of uh, uh, the ball striking. Uh, and he has the perfect course history here uh, that um, I'm looking for. He's um, got, uh, I think he's made five starts here. He's had two ninth place finishes, uh, including last year. Uh, so he, he's built up that bank of, of course form. Like I said before, I think the average is something like six appearances for, for, the, for the winners here. Uh, and again, he sits in that tier of player, just sort of below. Um, no one be surprised if he won a major, but obviously he hasn't done. Um, uh, but he's played Ryder Cup, of course. So he's got that sort of level of experience. So he would fit perfectly alongside a sort of Ricky Fowler or, or what have you as a, uh, a, a as a winner here. Uh it's over 12 he's been playing great it's over 12 months since he's won uh pebble beach was his last win last year so he's he's due another win and um yeah so uh, uh, there's a lot i like about him this week and uh i'm happy to take uh it was 35 to 1 available earlier each way for the eight 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 places so um yeah that's my first pick uh tyler i'm gonna gonna throw uh, feel free to add anything you want on burger otherwise i'm gonna throw it over to you for your um first selection yeah, I really like the burger call. Everything that you brought up. I even like the comparison at the end. I think when it's all said and done, he'll have a better career than Ricky Fowler. Not to put any you know, you know, blame on him. He's done everything he can. It just hasn't seemed to work out lately for Ricky. We obviously hope he can bounce back. It was almost like when Spieth went through his situation and we wanted him to get back. And now he has. So hopefully that happens for Ricky. Crazy to have a, a past players winner that's not too long ago, but long enough now that that gets you five years. And then we st we don't even have Ricky yeah, at this cool. year's players. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I do like your burger call. My, my first is going to be Brooks. I, I know everyone's talking about him. We'll get to the song in a minute here. The hardest part of this, by the way, for those listening, is picking the songs. But I've got a little backstory to it, so I'll let you make fun of me first, Martin. But as far as Brooks goes, look, I just think anytime we get this number, this is why everybody loves him, is because of the number. But you you do have to realize, you know, the caliber of player. And I also think just, you know, looking at it right now, when people are looking at the numbers, they want to say like he's been playing bad, but if you just go back, third at the Phoenix Open, uh, had the ball striking, off the tee game was good, putted really well, avoided trouble, and then you know he missed the cut at the Genesis, but bounced right back at the Honda. 
So I think if you look at it from that angle and same thing, had the approach, just didn't have the putter, but he does putt better on these greens. We haven't seen him at the players in a little while, but dating back there, he did have an 11th and a 16th just a few years back there. Uh, Florida, home base, everything really lines up this week. And then the other big reason is what they say about what, what is Brooks, a big game hunter that we talked at the top of the show about the prize pool this year and the setup and everything with the purse. This is a spot that Brooks has to get after to get that money that he always looks at and, and the, the prize that goes with it, the trophy. So I think that uh, we could see a pretty good Brooks spot here. And I know everybody else sees it too, but with the 40 to one, I know some got 50, but I, I prefer it with the eight place each way. And it's still sitting out there at that number as we record this. So I definitely was happy to get on side with 40 to one with the eight places each way. Yeah, I saw. I mean, I saw a couple of people reference um, when he won at Phoenix last year. It's sort of similar thing. His price had drifted out. So I mean, obviously he had had a bit more history at Phoenix. So I, I can understand the logic of making it almost an auto bet um, for a player of his caliber when he goes out to this sort of odds. And, and like you say, his um, his form hasn't actually been that bad. So again, from the point of view of what we're looking here from a statistical profile um he has um uh, the, the the recent um, good performance last time out uh, and he, he missed it last year as you say with his injury but the previous year he uh was um yeah 16th i think it was or 15th so so he's got uh, he's got the banker course form he's uh, got uh, the recent solid performance so um yeah there's a, there's a, quite a lot to, to like about um brooks this week uh just um others i i fancy more and, and i suppose you can of course make the argument do you want daniel berger at 35 to 1 who's a four-time winner or do you want the four-time major champion at 40 to 1 so um yeah i i can i, I can certainly sit sit see your logic there um i'm not sure i can see your logic on your first song though but i'm gonna let you uh, i'm gonna let you come into it in a minute i'm gonna issue an official disclaimer here um on the grounds that i've never heard this song before uh it probably wouldn't be my taste uh, i couldn't name you one album or one member of this band um but um it's all about the guests on this show and uh, i know you've got a very good um logic for it um tyler so uh take it away it's all about the community. It's all about the culture, Martin. And this is a song that people will know, but no, I'm not a fan personally of the band. I remember them from back in the day, but my wife is a fan. I do know that. So shout out to her. But also yes. uh, I, I when Brooks and Bryson had their little beef there, this is one of the first things I thought of. Uh, first thing I thought of was Drake. I wasn't sure if you liked the rap hip hop stuff, but Drake, no friends in the industry, because that's the song Brooks Kepka used for his hype song before right. getting back into form a little bit. But I didn't want to use it because we're all friends in this industry and we all have the same bet in the industry on Brooks. So I used a different one. I used the Backstreet Boys, Long As You Love Me, and everybody loves Brooks this week. So I thought it was fitting for that. And then also, uh, Sam underscore golf, Sam Harap. He does all yeah. those great songs on his piano and sings. And he used this song for the Brooks versus Bryson beef. And Brooks is here playing. Bryson is not. And Brooks is a favorite that everybody loves. So I thought the song was fitting. So I did it for the culture, Martin. I did it for everybody that knows Sam and I'm, loves his stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to take take it in the spirit it's intended. I'm hoping to get um, get Sam on the show. We're trying to work something out. Um, unfortunately, he plays tennis on a Monday evening, which is uh, uh, when we record. So uh, when it when it rains, Sam said he'll come on. So Sam, if you're listening, keep an eye on that uh, weather forecast down there because when your tennis is called off, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to getting you on the pod. But um, and, and you said no Avril Lavigne, so I just flipped it and. and 
put it to a different a uh, boy band from back in the day yeah. as well. So. Fair, fair enough. I mean, I, I, yeah, actually, yeah, I've probably taken out Halloween, but uh, <laughs> um, in hindsight, but um, or Nickelback certainly. But yeah, um, yeah I, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't know the song. I mean, I've heard Sam's rendition, but I I don't know the song. So maybe I'm being a little bit unfair on those um, Backstreet Boys. I'll, the next uh, two songs I have, I, I personally do love, and yeah. I think you'll like them too. And yeah, no, I'm um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the next two songs. So. Um, so um, there's Tyler with his first musical pick. Uh, my second golfing pick this week is Shane Lowry. Uh, and uh, if I had to have just one bet this week, it would be Shane Lowry because uh, I just think everything points to him this week. Again, I'm with this event, perhaps more than any other event in the whole year, I'm very much one for statistical trends, history, etc. And everything points to Shane um, for me this week. Uh, he's he's obviously started the year really well. He played solidly out in the Middle East. Um, and then um, he kicks on again at PJ National at the Honda, uh, where I backed him last year. And he didn't, uh, um, unfortunately, trouble the scorers. But uh, uh, this year, of course, um, but for the downpour, as he saw on the 18th tee, um, he could have possibly, um, you know, gone on to win. Maybe I'm being a bit unfair to set Stracker because, of course, he, he certainly won that tournament rather than anyone else losing it. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, Shane's long game. I mean, he gained, um, I think he gained something like six shots in his approach play um, in the final three days, 11 shots from tee to green. Um, and he didn't putt badly, but um, just one or two more had dropped. Um, he, he would have been taking the the trophy home uh he's um so his ball striking's all there uh his history here has improved um as the years have gone by he was eighth last time out uh he was also um right uh, uh right up there in 2016 when he sort of faded over the weekend but he was in second place at uh, halfway stage so again he's got his experience here um we know he can win the biggest events and um in keeping with someone like a Webb simpson or what have you uh it's been um nearly three years now since he's won since uh obviously hoisted the claret jug in 2019 mm -hmm. so um so again everything points to shame to me this week and um i mean i may have egg on my face but um i would much rather be on him at the odds than um you know a sort of a uh a, a cantlay or hovland or something at half the price this week so um it's shane lowry for me and um another song my um uh, my next song uh selection this week um there was a band in the um, 80s, alternative band called Camper Van Beethoven. Uh, and uh, it was that name I always love. Uh, but uh, they're from California, I believe. And they did a cover of the status quo classic, um, Pictures of Matchstick Men. And of course, for anyone who knows their art, uh, Lowry painted the Matchstick Men. So uh, that was it he was famous for. So um, I think a few people have covered this, actually. I think Kasabian covered it as well, possibly. But um, uh, I'm going with not the original by status quo, but the Camper Van Beethoven version of Pictures of Matchstick Men. So, um, yeah, that's my um, uh, my fourth um, song for the pod. Uh, any thoughts on Shane um, at all before I move on to Mike? Because I've got a similar one, another one at a similar price. Any, any thoughts on um, Shane at all? I love him this week. I, I didn't get there on the betting number, but I, I do think like everything you brought up. And funny enough, what, what we've talked about so far, Shane Lowry, second place, as you mentioned, at the Honda. But then you look at the board at the Honda, Berger, who you already bought, brought up fourth, Brooks, you brought up 16th, Brooks and Lowry, where's the last time we saw them together play well? I think back to the Open, 
when Shane took it down in there and, and Brooks was right behind him chasing all day. So this seemingly, uh, you know, setting up for just the, not only is the recent form coming in at the same time, these guys that we've mentioned so far, but at the same courses. And we definitely would expect this would be very similar. We know that from past as well. So great, great calls so far. I think that's a good card starting us off. Yeah. Uh, I think it was um, Ben Bencoli pointed out today in his preview that, uh, uh, you have to go back a very long time to find a winner here who hadn't played in one of the uh, Florida events. Um, when This is when, um, I should say, when it's been a March event. So obviously when it was in May, that was a different story. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, he looked back at the history of the, um, the March events, obviously the last couple of years, and then um, uh, prior to when it was moved to May. And um, every single one sort of going back into the 90s and what have you uh, had, had played at least one of the Florida events. So um, obviously... I like the fact that Berger and Lowry have um, have um, had their their warm up at the Honda compared to sort of um, I don't know a Jordan Spieth if you like who sat out the last couple of weeks and what have yeah. you. So um, I've got we will get back to your next pick in a second. I'm sort of trying to go through in price order and I've got another one that's um, very similar odds which uh, I'll quickly throw out there, uh, which is um, Max Fitzpatrick. And again, I'm going to sound like a stuck record this week, but my my strands, if you like, of putting my team together are, are very similar. Um, Fitzpatrick, um, he currently sits in the top 10 on tour from tee to green. Uh, since he got his win last October in um, the Andalusia Masters, he's taken that confidence uh, on to the new year and it's three straight top 10s uh, now for him on the PGA Tour. Um, hugely impressive going all of Saturday and the first nine holes of Sunday without a bogey round Bay Hill, which uh, that was some feat. Um, he came slightly unstuck on the back nine yesterday, but uh, uh, 27 holes without a bogey was some some stretch of golf. Uh, and um, again, his, um, his record at Sawgrass has been improving every year. Uh, he got his um, best finish here last year. Uh, I think he was... Um, Eighth, possibly, I'll stand correct. Yeah, I think ninth place. Ninth, yeah. Sorry, ninth last year. Uh, and um, he's someone, um, although, as I say, it's taken him a few years to get to grips with Sawgrass, uh, uh, he's someone who um, has confessed his love for Hilton Head, another Pete Dye track. So he obviously liked what um, Pete Dye throws out there in front of you, as it were, with his sort of quirky sight lines, etc. So, uh, and of course, again, he sits in that bracket of players who. Could well win a major one day. Hasn't done yet. Um, played Ryder Cup, though. Uh, so he's sort of at that next level down, if you like, from your your, your Kepkas and um, uh, your, your Thomases and um, uh, et cetera. So, uh, so I like Max Fitzpatrick again this week. Uh, 40 to 1 available for nine places each way. Uh, and um, my final, because this is uh, this will be me using up my last song selection this week before uh, Tyler gets the rest of them and uh, our listener pick. So my, my final song selection this week is um, a Sheffield band. Uh, we had some Sheffield bands last week, so we've got a Sheffield band for Max Patrick this week, and I'm going with something by the Long Pigs from their 1996 album, um, which is their debut album. To be honest, it was their only really strong album to me, but uh, uh, there's a song on that album called Lost Myself. Um, hopefully I won't be lost with my picks this week, uh, but um, I, I love this song um, from the 1996 album, The Long Pigs. Um, the album's called uh, The Sun Is Always Out, which um, might not be the case this week, unfortunately. Uh, a song called Lost Myself. Um, so over to you, uh, Tyler, and um, who's your who's your next selection? Yeah, I couldn't come on as the Canadian and not bring a Canadian. So I have to go with my guy, Corey Connors. Uh, ball striking last week was incredible. 
Good result here last year. You know, everything, though, coming into this is what we're looking for. And it's the same as always, right? He has to find a putter. I just, and we say this about everybody, but this is why I like it. Like, you go to this week again, Will Zalatoris, 45 to 1. The books still really respect him. This, even this number on Connors isn't great. It's 66 to 1. But again, with the eight places and had a seventh here just last year, I know he's capable of it. And I find with him, it's, you know, him, Luke List, those types, even Morikawa, the, the higher quality. It's not that they can't, you know, like it's not the yips inside five feet. They just aren't good putters versus Zalatoris somehow struggles once he gets in five feet. Uh, Jordan Spieth went through it even. We talked about him. Plenty of guys in the past, a former Canadian, Graham Dillette, had mm. short game yips and around the green and with the putter, like little things that just happen versus I don't think that's the case for Connors. So I'm more than comfortable with him here at this number, I love the fact that I'm getting the eight places and keep the Canadian in the books with me. So I'm going with Corey Connors this week. A good shout. And uh, he, he was off the ball for a little while, wasn't he? But uh, he, he sort of um, started to turn it around uh, uh, last week. So, um, yeah, I, I can see see your logic. Uh, is he um, seventh last year? Is he, What was his um, – how many starts has he made here is, off the top of your head? Any any ideas? Or um... I had it up. I think he's only played one other time before that, and it was like mm -hmm. a 40th or something. But yeah. Uh, and that was only like a year, two years before that. So mm. I, I think what you said was the key for me is mm. that he definitely went off there a little bit or he was, yeah. you know, didn't quite have it for two events. But before that, just again, same thing, you know, the Amex, the Sony, the RSM, uh, even at the Amex, he missed the cut, but he still gained huge on approach. Mm. And that's been his MO. So I, I really do like that for him. And this last event, it looked like he really found it Tita green again. And so for that reason, and like some of your picks are based on Tita green on the year. Yeah. He's had a bit of an up and down start here, but you know, to the regular season at least. But as far as overall, we know what he's capable of. So I yeah. like him at that number. And he seems to turn up for the big events, doesn't he? That's the other thing. You know, you'll often see him these days on the on the leaderboards at uh, uh, you know majors for a couple of rounds and lurking there and, and what have you. So uh, uh, he's getting more and more comfortable in the in the big events. And like you say, seventh here last uh, year. So yeah, I, I do love that call. Like even last yeah. year before the players, he had a third at the Arnold Palmer where he kind of found it. He was eighth mm. at the Masters, fourth at the RBC Heritage. We've referenced Hilton had a few times yeah, here. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, 17th at the PGA Championship, 15th at the Open. So you, you get what I'm saying. And that's yeah. where I do feel a little bit more comfortable with it than some may. But I, I definitely like him on DraftKings this week as well at his price. Yeah. And you have a tune, I believe, in relation yeah, to... Yeah, be better one that I think you'll like. Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. Uh, I think this is... We're going to need his best shot and we're going to need his best stroke because he needs to do what he's been doing with the ball striking this last week and then be able to make those putts that we talked about. And in the song, it says, it says cookie... You're, or sorry, a tough cookie breaking my little heart, but that, you know, tough Coco, Corey Connors, that, you know, you can tie it in there together. Uh, definitely yeah. breaks some hearts in the past. Doesn't win too often, but I do like the number for the, for the chance that he could. And mm -hmm. then if not, it's still a pretty good number uh, at that each way where you're almost getting like a favorite payout. So I, I would still be fine as long as he comes top eight here at that number. Good shout. Um, my next pick, uh, another one, as I say, around similar odds. Uh, and um, I'm going to give a chance to Billy Horschel. Uh, and um, again, it's um, it's a very similar mantra, really. Although, well, I say it's a very similar mantra. It's not so much the course form. I mean, Billy's, this is obviously Billy's backyard, um, Pontevedra, and he's never quite produced it here. Uh, but he does have a best of 13. So he's got, um, he's got the high finish that uh, uh, all the previous winners, um, bar Siwoo, have, have had. Uh, so all the previous winners, certainly all the last 10 winners um, or so. Uh, but um, 
it's all about his current form. And what we've seen with Billy Horschel over the years is that he gets ahead of steam up. Uh, his, his wins get telegraphed. Of course, the obvious um, reference is the 2014 FedEx Cup playoffs where he could have won, should have won at the Deutsche Bank, I think it was, dumped it in the water. And then he came out and won the following week and then um, uh, obviously won the, won the Tour Championship. But um, there's been other examples as well. Uh, and um, oh, his first win, which came... Um, uh, many a moon ago now on another Pete Dye design at uh, uh, TPC Louisiana at Zurich when it was still a solo event. Uh, he came in there with something like sort of four straight top tens or something and, and, and got the win. Uh, and you can go through his history of his wins has been big finishes, um, you know, in the lead up to them, even when he won the pairs at Zurich uh, again back at TPC Louisiana with, um, uh, with Scott Piercy. He'd been playing really well beforehand coming in on a solo basis basically carried Scott Piercy that week to a certain extent uh when he won the match play last year he'd been second at concession um uh, a couple of starts previous so so he'll be disappointed not to won at Bay Hill but again um he was very much on my I'm not backed him at the Honda uh I left him out at Bay Hill because he didn't quite have the history there uh and um I was looking for a big performance but not a win so to keep his momentum going and got that so so um i can't ignore him this week and um yeah i wouldn't be at all surprised to see uh billy um getting what would obviously be his biggest i mean he's won a wgc but this would be his biggest win in his own backyard i'm sure um were he to land it so um uh is billy ho a man for you this week um tyler I, I definitely like him on DraftKings. You said the reason why. Like when he's hot, he's hot. Florida golf, everything you mentioned, being able to go out and win the FedEx Cup, big purse that we talked about here. And just, I don't know why people seemingly don't like, I, I mean, I know why they don't like him, particularly with fans and some of the interactions we've seen. But just in general, when it comes to daily fantasy, at least on DraftKings and whatnot, people sometimes don't like to play him. Last week was a different story, but here will be interesting to see because he's down in that 8K range. And like you said, just the incredible track record here the ability to find that upside. I do think if he doesn't win here, I didn't see if he was in the field. I'd imagine he would be, but uh, you know, I, I like him in match play always as well, right? The fiery attitude that he has and yeah, sort yeah. of the go get him type style. So I think if he doesn't come through here, that could be a spot we see him do it. But uh, I, I'm with you on the pick here. I like the call a lot on Billy Horschel this week. Yeah, he's, as I say, he just seems to have his, um, uh, you know, he's, he's got his, um, you know, he's walking the walk at the moment. He's sort of str strutting on the, on the fairways as though he knows his game's there. The ball striking's come together because it was the putter that was carrying him a little bit earlier in the season. But the, the ball striking's come together. He, he's talked very positively in his interviews about the direction that's trending in. And, um, yeah, of course, we'll be disappointed not to have got the job done at Bay Hill. But um, he fought back really well down the stretch yesterday. And, uh, um, I yeah, I, I just can't ignore him this week. And it's, a, it's an obvious selection on the current form. It reminds me a bit of KJ Choi, actually, when he won here. Uh, he um, uh, he didn't have a great history here, but he came in with sort of something like three top tens on the spin or something. And um, uh, he um, uh, obviously it was just his current form that uh, uh, he, he carried on and, and, and got the job done. So um, so it's Billy Billy for me this week, un un undoubtedly. And um, yeah, I'll be disappointed if he doesn't have another really big week. So um, 
music uh tyler as you know a big part of this pod is is music and um uh i like to throw a few questions at all of my guests on here we call it the back nine uh and it's a combination of um uh, musical questions and golfing questions so before we get on to your uh, next pick and talk a little bit of dk as well uh i thought um i'd throw the back nine questions at you so um uh so are you ready to roll i think so yes okay so um the first um, record slash CD you ever bought. I'm not sure exactly if you're where you were, vinyl was on your radar at all, or it's all CDs or even downloads for you. But the first first one you ever bought. Um, I don't remember which I bought, but I know for a fact my first ever CD my dad bought for me. It was the first ever CD I received was bought for me as a gift, and it was my dad. It's actually uh, again going back to the hip hop roots here, but Harlem World by Mace was the right. album that my dad bought for me. And my mom was not impressed with it, but uh, my parents were separated. So on you know his weekend and my birthday, he decided that he was going to get it for me. And, and I liked it. So I was happy with the gift. Was this him trying to educate you on the rap um, scene? He was into rap or was it because you'd said, oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I want this? Or was he uh, just... Yeah, it was to, more uh, me. I definitely wanted it. And uh, he just came through and got me what I wanted. Great, a great dad in that sense. My my mom was just not happy with it because of the parental advisory that was on the front <laughs> and the explicit content. Yeah, well, I, I don't know it, so I can't, uh, can't comment on it. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, your first ever gig. I don't know if you're one for live music, but the first ever um, band or, or show you went to. Whew, that's a tough one. Um, the first I remember going to, you you may not know him well, but I'm sure you know of this guy, but it was actually a Snoop Dogg concert. Oh, yes. I, I know Snoop Dogg. So um, so rap's really your thing, isn't it? So Yeah, um... rap, rap hip-hop, R&B. And then I actually, you know, side note, as I do like a little bit of country and then right. a little bit of old school rock, like I say, because my dad... Uh, the last song, we'll give that one away. Yeah. It's a classic, but oldie, oldie but goodie. But, you know, I, I do like that as well, just growing up, being around him and listening to that stuff. But uh, in general, I prefer hip-hop and R&B and rap. Okay. Um, on the golfing front, your best ever golf winner. Doesn't have to be the one you won the most money on, but the one you're most proud of, so... Betting or DraftKings? Um, well, I, I mean, I suppose if it's betting, it'd be one individual player. I mean, but you'd feel free to make it DraftKings if you want. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll do a quick twosome. The bet yeah. was the Gary Woodland US Open win. Oh, yeah. That was massive. That was my biggest win ever. And it was just great because I, I, I doubled down on it and mm. ended up winning it twice. So that was great. Uh, and, you know, tough to see him hold on to it there, but that was a good one. And then well, my best well, I ever. Was there, so I wish you'd given it to me. You should have given me a heads up beforehand. I'd have, uh, it would have paid for my trip. But, uh, that would have been an awesome tournament to be at. Wow. I, I, I that, that's see, a good one. I didn't see him at all that week. I must admit, I didn't see that coming. But um, yeah, I, I liked it. So that there was that. And then for DraftKings, it was the Houston Open when Ian Poulter had figured out the week before that, or someone figured it out. It was actually someone's wife figured out that Ian Poulter didn't actually have enough points to get in the Masters, even though he thought he was in. So he had to win the Houston Open. And it was your man, Bo Hostler, who tried to take yeah. it away from me down the stretch. But but uh, he ended up making a mess of the playoff hole there. Poulter got the job done after getting that 18-footer to drop in regulation on the 72nd hole and pumping the chest to go to the playoff. And, and that won me first place in the $33 at the time, dogleg on DraftKings and also third place and the total haul was 120,000. So my best and biggest win ever was, was that week in golf. 
Well, congratulations, I say, through gritted teeth, because this seems to come up pretty much the amount of times this has come up on this pod. That is my worst ever beat, because I was on Bo Hossler at 150 to 1. Oh, uh, and I was counting the money um, uh, when uh, Poulter went and hold that putt on the 18th green. So Just I, I crazy how the sweats uh, go, yeah. like not, not knowing each other at the time. I'm standing on my couch begging for... Poulter to make that putt in regulation to get to a playoff and you're over there counting the money and rightfully so it didn't look like it was going to go down by yeah. any means or have a shot and then you end up losing it because well, of I, I, I did because oh, I remember it was like it was yesterday obviously I yeah. did actually have a fear he might hold it because Hostler gave him the line beforehand because um, yep. he had a similar putt but you know sort of five and he pointed at remember he thought he made yeah. it and he pointed like yeah. it was going down and everyone said uh 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 Hostler you don't call it until you got that win and then yeah. sure enough Poulter made it right in front of him. It was almost like a mini, much different style, but a Ryder Cup feel, at least yeah. because of Ian Poulter's history. No, it was pain. That was pain. That was very painful for me. And Niall Lyons, who, you know, does the odd checker stuff over here, he, he was on him as well. And we talked about it when he was on the pod the other week. He was on yeah. exactly the same situation with with Bo that week. Um, but um, yeah, and uh, it was Brian Gay's wife, by the way, uh, who. Uh, uh, who told Poulter about his um, point situation and what have you. Yeah, it's just it was, a wild uh, situation yeah, all around. Yeah, so crazy. So, um, but uh, yeah, that was um, painful. Well, the, the next question then, um, which you know my answer to, is your worst ever beat um, on the golfing front. Um, you know, the one that you thought, that, that your Bo Hostler, if you like. Man, there is honestly, Martin, that's one of the things I'm uh, de desensitized to now. There, there's just so many. <laughs> Like I, I just had it this weekend. Like I get second on a Fitzpatrick bogey on 18 or else I get a seat to this event, the fantasy golf world championship. So I couldn't even tell you like the one that I thought I had and then lost. There's just been so, so many of them. I don't have any off the top of my head, to be honest. I apologize. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Well, um, uh, at least you're saying there's been so many of them that you sensitize yourself to them rather than um, you've never had one. So. Yeah. I mean, if you're out there listening and you, you're thinking this thing has gone bad, trust me, I've had it happen plenty of times as well. And I'm right there with you. It's the worst feeling. But if you don't, I find, and you know this from betting as well, but if you don't, just get past it and move on. Like you can't change yeah. it. It's, you don't have any control. It's unfortunate. We've all seen the craziest things happen though, out on these golf courses when it relates to that. So it, like nothing is in the bag until the end. And that's what I'll tell you for sure. Yeah. I find it takes me to, um, unless it's something really awful, it takes me to about when I start putting my bets on on the Monday the next day and I've seen odds that um, I really like and I think, yeah, that's the, the guy I really like this week and he's available at 66 to 1 and I start getting infused and what have you. Uh, that's about when I start to let go what happened um, uh, the, the previous night. Uh, I mean, no, yeah. only last week. And it's not even necessarily who I've backed, it's who I might, might have backed. So, you know, I'm a bit of a set Stracker fan, uh, and um, I um, it, Ben Cody was on the pod for the Honda week, uh, and I exchanged messages with Ben before um, when he was sending me his picks over and what have you, and his music selections. Uh, and um, I basically said to him, "Well, uh, Seth Stracker was last man off my list uh, tonight because he he, pick, he picked a Georgia-related yeah. song, and I said, oh, is it is it to do with Seth Stracker? Because uh, are you backing Seth Stracker? Because he's last man off my list this week, uh, and of course he goes." And wins so um yeah. that was uh, if it's uh, one guy I left off yeah. speaking of honda it was when keith mitchell won i backed yeah. him so many times mm -hmm. beforehand at big numbers and he was still i believe 150 to one that week yeah he and was, i yeah. left him off my card so that was one of the most disappointing i've been yeah, yeah. uh disappointing events for me based on not betting a guy that i always bet and i now I, and then at that point i missed it 
right? Like there was no way to catch up at that point. Once I, you know, the big one hit like that, it was tough to take, but moved on quickly. Yeah, you got to do that. Otherwise, we'd all all be uh, wallowing in self-pity all the time, wouldn't we, if we don't move on? So uh, back to the music. Um, The most memorable gig you've been to, was that Snoop Dogg or... um, your, your, <laughs> funny your story actually it is snoop dogg but it's not the original event okay uh, when I, I went to the super bowl a couple a few years back it was the oh, new england oh. patriots versus the uh, seattle seahawks with the crazy last minute where marshawn lynch probably should have just ran it in and instead they threw the interception and it was another snoop dogg concert but i was there with my uncle and my aunt who had brought us down to phoenix for it and they were like what are we doing here People were, you know, smoking and doing all this stuff. It was just a complete wrong place for them. Yeah. But it was, you know, we were having a great time and we were there and, and no kids at the time or anything. So it was fun for my wife and I. But, yeah, it was one of the most memorable just watching them and their, their dismay to the event saying, like, what are we doing here? We need to get out of this place. <laughs> I think I'll be saying that at a Snoop Dogg gig as well. Not yeah, that's the same what it was, exactly. Was saying, but, uh, yeah. um, I'd be like, get me out of here. But, uh, um, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he's, he's your man, Snoop Dogg, obviously. So uh, um, I'm not going to... I like Snoop. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I always have liked him and some of the other guys back then. But, yeah, just uh, as far as being able to go to a concert for one of the old school guys, that's one of the ones that it was easier to see. He makes yeah. his rounds. Yeah. Um, your dream four ball. And now this is only musicians or golfers. Uh, so you're in it. So you need to pick three more. So um, they can be alive or dead so we can spend a bit of belief. So uh, I assume Snoop Dogg is teeing it off on the first. Uh, who yeah, else, we'll bring, who else have you got there? So. Yeah, we could bring Snoop would bring a little bit of fun into it. So we'll definitely bring Snoop. Uh, I personally, you know, would uh, I like Justin Thomas. I'm a big JT fan. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll bring JT out with me and then got to have Tiger in it. It's a dream four ball. So mm-hmm. you, you got to have them. So having the two best friends with a side of Snoop Dogg, I, I think that'd be good. JT and Tiger have obviously become really close over these past few years and then yeah, yeah, get yeah. Uh, get Snoop Dogg in there just to spice it up a little bit. Does the Snoop Dogg play any golf? Are we, are we going to be seeing him team up oh. alongside Bill Murray at Pebble Beach in a few years' time? Or uh... I highly, highly doubt Snoop Dogg plays golf, to be honest. But <laughs> There uh... was a couple of rappers. I mean, every I said it, I'll put it out on Twitter this year. Uh, uh, every year it's this guy, Macklemore. Uh, who teased yeah. it up at um, Pebble Beach. And I've never heard, I'm not I'm a rap man, as you probably have sussed out, but uh, uh, I, I've never heard of this guy apart from when he's playing at um, uh, at Pebble. And I did um, put out on Twitter, you know, is this guy actually hugely famous? Have I, have I missed something? And <laughs> people said he was he was reasonably famous, but he's not sort of in MNN's league or, or, or what have you. So I don't know if you're, right. a, yes. you're a fan of his. And there was another rapper there this year as well, wasn't there? I forget what his name was, but he, he was getting mentioned a bit as well. So um, Yeah, Snoop Snoop does have some video clips of playing at Augusta, but he, he said it says right in the in the documentation he's not a good golfer. So he, he's out there trying and wants to get good, yeah. but... Not sure if he's got any better since then, but he does have some. Well, a few, a few more years when he's mellowed a bit more. How old he is now? But when he's <laughs> in his when he's in his fifties or sixties or something, you might see him out there. Um, when Bill Murray's retired, he might be uh, wowing the crowds. So, um, your favorite course on the PGA Tour or favorite event? Um, so um, that's uh, yeah, that's a regular on the PGA Tour each year. To go to is the waste management. I've been there a few times now. I do like yeah, the party yeah, yeah. atmosphere of it. So I definitely have been there a few times. And then uh, same as most, it's cliche, but I, I do like the Masters the most. That's a bucket list for me. I definitely want to get to Augusta National Golf Club. I just think, you know, the everything that goes with that, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist a bit in that sense. And I would love 
to get out to that. And I just like the idea of the patrons and all, all the stuff that goes with it. So uh, definitely a big fan of the, of the Masters. Cool. Um, and um, your most treasured CD slash record. If you had one, what could only keep one record, what would it be? Or CD? Jeez, man, these are some tough questions. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. Um, you mentioned them a little while ago. Uh, probably the the earliest stuff from Eminem. That that would be my uh, my stuff that I've got that I keep to me. The Marshall Mathers and and, yeah. and those sort of ones. Those uh, I'm a big Eminem fan. And I liked the the lyrics the lyrics versus you know and went with the beats too. But I was always yeah. big on lyrics, and he had some yeah. of the best. So I like his stuff. Yeah, no, I mean obviously somebody doesn't know much about. Rap at all, Eminem is obviously someone I know, and uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I certainly like what I've what I've heard. He did that track with um, uh, Dido, didn't he? Um, that uh, yep. was a huge crossover hit over here. So um, yeah, uh, the last question is an easy one. Are we pleased to hear the goat, Jackal Tiger? Yeah, Tiger. I, I come from tiger. the Tiger era, so yeah. gotta go with Tiger. Yeah, Tiger tends to get the uh, the vote on this um, most most weeks. And so, on the, and the other side of it is, I know everyone will have their angle for it, but what he's created. Yeah. Now, because of sort of the, the way he did things and, and now what we've got because of it, like look at the world top five this week coming into this call tonight. And I, it's like all 24 year olds like Hovland, Morikawa, Scheffler, uh, who else? JT and Rom or whatever it is. Like it's just yeah. incredible to see. So uh, that's the other benefit of something like that, that I would give Tiger the nod just a little bit there. Sorry, Hovland, not JT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, as I said to, um, I think it was... Um, Steve Rawlings said about, you know, we got um, Hovland um, uh, battling it out uh, with Scheffler last night. And uh, I said to him, you know, Phil who, you know, it's like sort of, a, uh, you know, Phil, Phil Nicholson and that era, um, obviously, uh, uh, the game's moved on. Uh, Phil, of course, um, he, you know, he'll have his uh, legacy for what he's done on the course, not just what he's done off the course, but he'll have his legacy for what he's done on the course. And um, he's obviously been a huge influence on the game. But if Phil now you know, went off to play in uh, Saudi or, or whatever, he, he wouldn't be missed on the PGA Tour with one, one jot, really, because... Um, no, the game uh, is yeah, in such game. a good place right now, yeah, and yeah. this is why it's so fun for us being able to do this and yeah, yeah. talk about it every week. There's just so many good guys. Like I said, even mm -hmm. outside the top five, it's uh, Rory, Xander, JT, DJ, Cam Smith, like yeah. all these guys, man. There's just so many of them. Yeah. Okay, so you've survived the back nine. Um, I'm going to throw in my last couple of picks because, again, we're at similar sort of odds before um, we're going to talk a little bit of DK. And I know you got one more betting pick as well. So um, so my last two picks this week, um, I'm going to – and this is the one I must admit I was a little bit unsure about, but um, I've just got a hunch really here. I'm going to chance Louis, uh, Louis Eustazen. And, um, of course, I think we're approaching 200 starts on U.S. soil without a win. So I know that's the elephant in the room, as it were. Uh, but um, again, coming back to that theme of quality players who haven't won in quite a long time, of course, he fits that um, <laughs> mold hugely. Uh, and um, I think it was 2018 his last win, which was back in South Africa. Uh, and but we know he's you know he, he turns up for the big events, of course. The the there's four major four top three major finishers last uh, uh, in last season's um six uh six majors in the super season. Uh, so we know he turns up for the biggest events, and um, he had quite a long break before he came back at Phoenix, finished 15th, uh, 30th at the Honda, but doesn't really tell the full picture because he shot 75 on day one, uh, 65 on day two, so um. Came out really strongly. Uh, and um, 
yeah, he, he, he just sort of, I just think something's got to happen for him. Eventually, he's going to get over the line in the big event. Uh, and he's got uh, the bank of form here. Well, again, a bit like you referred to earlier, um, Tyler. He's one of those players who's miscuts, 50th, whatever. But he's had a runner-up finish here before. So we know he can handle the course. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just liked, um, you know, there's sort of 50 to 1 available for nine places over here each way. A bit bigger if um, uh, if you're happy to take the eight places. So, uh, yeah, I, I just... Um, just had a hunt for him this week. Uh, I think he's tuned up nicely in the two events. And uh, obviously, if the wind gets up a little bit, uh, uh, we know he's sort of um, good in tough conditions. Uh, and um, his putt is certainly working well at the moment as well. So so it's Louis for me. And my final pick, I'm going back to the well with my uh, man from last week, uh, Captain Kirk, Chris Kirk. Uh, he, again... It's now, um, I think, uh, well, fifth last weekend, obviously seventh the week before, 14th, 15th in his start prior to that. So uh, he's trending very much in the right direction. So he comes in in great form. Uh, his accuracy um, is really dialed at the moment off the tee. So he's going to find plenty of fairways this week, which is uh, what you want. He's going to give himself plenty of opportunities um, with his long game. Uh, and um, his sawgrass form is uh, sneaky good. Um, he's uh, uh, he's not produced uh, a really high finish. He's not had a top five here or anything, but uh, he's had um, a couple of top four, well, three top 15s. But if you look a little bit closer, uh, in 2015, he held the 54-hole lead before he stumbled um, on the final day, shot 75. Uh, last year, he was right up there at um, halfway um, uh, halfway co-lead, I believe, uh, shot 65 on the Friday. Uh, he was still right in the mix through three rounds, and he shot 79 on the Sunday. So uh, obviously not ideal, those closing rounds, but we know he can win and win big events. He won a FedEx Cup playoff event. Uh, he's got four wins, obviously. Um, been a long time since he won, but again, I'll come back to that trend here uh, of um, people ending really long, winless droughts. So, uh, uh, And uh, he, he's played President's Cup, so he's got that pedigree as well. So... So, yeah, he, he's got the game for Sawgrass, undoubtedly, uh, and um, he's firing on all cylinders at the moment. So I just thought the number of uh, – you can get 90 to 1 for him for uh, um, eight places. I just thought that number was big, and uh, he obviously did well for me last week. So I'm happy to wrap up my card with him this week. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I play I, – I dabble in a little bit of DK. I mean, obviously, feel free to add any thoughts on, on Louis and Chris Kirk as, as well, Tyler. But I thought from a DK point of view, I mean, you'll tell me you're the DK expert, but I thought down at uh, – 7,000, he was, um, uh, you, you know, a bit of a bit of a bargain. Is he someone on your radar for DK, if not from a betting point this week? Yeah, I like both, actually, kind of. I didn't really look. I, I saw him at 90, and it's just tough to, you know, like you said, someone will get a big win here, and it can it can definitely happen. I think Siwoo was at 500 or 750 yeah. when he did. You mentioned a little bit of an outlier there, but Chris Kirk is really trending up. If you look, uh, he's what he's got to be trending for a top three or better. He got 14th. Then he got better and got a seventh. And then he got better last week and got a fifth. And if you watched on Sunday, he had the complete game. So uh, all the scrambling that was required will, will likely or should be required here as well. And I think that was a good test for him. So coming in fifth there, I definitely like that call. At 7,000, It's to, you know we'll see how popular he gets. I liked him coming into today. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be, uh, you know, pretty popular, but it gets so spaced out and spread out as far as ownership's concerned anyway, 
down in this range that I don't think there's any need to get, you know, to be off of him. So I definitely like the call on him with Louie. It's always tough just because uh, in DraftKings, I like playing him, but betting him, he doesn't, he doesn't win. So mm -hmm. regardless of how good the number looks, but to your point, it'd be, it would be just like Louie to do it this way. And the first one that he gets here over on American soil is the biggest one for the biggest prize. So I definitely love him from a DraftKings perspective. And I'd be happy if you hit him at that number from the betting perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's a touch of the Tim Clark there, isn't it? He hadn't won anything basically until he, until he won here, the last South African winner. So uh, of course, Louis a prolific winner uh, internationally, but right. um, oh, not pro prolific. I mean, he's not been winning late, but he's got a lot of trophies to his name, obviously. So, um, so slightly different from Tim Clark on, on that point of view. So, um, but uh, something you mentioned there actually on, on the DraftKings front, and of course I want to pick your brains on the DraftKings uh angle a bit Tyler and, and you mentioned there about ownership I mean for 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 a sort of DraftKings novice like like me I mean do you need to get too wrapped up in ownership when you're looking at uh, I understand you know if you if you pick a team that doesn't differentiate at all um but uh you know if you've got your um I don't know your your Bo Hostler in there at 6,200 or Nick Watney who I put up last week at 6,000 uh and my one of my couple of DK picks and did, did me proud obviously um if you've got your Nick Watney in there and he's owned at one percent or whatever that's your differential does it really matter if you've got the, the chalk of um uh Morikawa at 35 percent or whatever should you be bothered about that as long as you differentiate no I think that's one of the best things like that's the thing people get most wrapped up in I find and there's just so many ways to get different and unique with it you're within your lineup what you don't want to do and the reason ownership still matters I'm not saying it doesn't matter but I just think that people get too wrapped up in it because they'll say oh I'd play this guy if he was 15 percent but now that he's 19 I'm going to move off him that to me is ridiculous. There's just so many other ways you can get unique within your lineup and other guys that you can put in there in the different positions, leave money, all of that. What you don't want to do, Martin, is put four guys that are all at 20% ownership in these large field tournaments because even though you're unlikely to be duped, as we would say, where you're building the same lineup as somebody else and you're duplicated, you are putting yourself into a corner where a lot of people have some type of that combination, either three or four of the same golfers as you, uh, two to four, at least in that range, where then you are going to have to have some really good outliers to be able to find your way to the top of the board. But to your point, playing those guys down below, it's not an issue at all. The other time it would come up is if, let's say, Chris Kirk gets to 20%, and then you have in you know in a tournament with this strength of field, just using the DraftKings pricing this week, you have Norin, you have Sepp Straka, you have Harmon, you have Lanto Griffin, you have all these guys around him, Kisner, Russell Knox. I'm not saying they're better, the point would be is if they're only going to be 1% to 2% and then Chris Kirk is going to be 20%, it's from the betting marketer angle, it's like getting a 20 to, it's like getting a, you know, a 2% versus 20 is a 10 to 1 odds on a head-to-head -head matchup. So you're, right. you would always take the other side. No, he's, there's no way it's a 10 to 1 difference. And that's where it comes in to be a little bit different from an ownership perspective where you would care a little bit more. Right, that's interesting. I've never, I've never really thought about it from a sort of, odds of the percentage if you like sort of two percent against the 20 percent as 10 i don't really thought about it like, i suppose i'll just think about it from the point of view of okay well the other guy might be two percent owned but if i fancy kirk to play better then why would i go with the guy yeah just to be a contrarian why would i go with the guy who i think uh think isn't gonna play it play as well when at the same same price but uh, you, uh you've got it too because that's the biggest thing that people do i find is they'll look to get like four one percent guys in there like the the other guys that are have ownership or are quote unquote chalk 
are usually for a reason. You just have to find ways to make your lineup unique in the sense that you still have leverage to get yourself up the board, but play the guys that you like. If you think Kirk's going to have a great week, which you and I both do play him, figure out where you're going to get different elsewhere, but you don't, that's what I hate. You know, people, Oh, I got to get all these diamonds in the rough in, and now I'm going to win if this guy just wins. And it's not even true. If you had a $6,200 guy that nobody owns win, yes, you're in great shape, but remember, you still have to get five other guys right. You were better off to probably bet that diamond in the rough and get those long odds and, and hope to get your each way payout at a big number or the huge payout if he actually does win. Well, that's it. I mean, I like you say, it's all well and good finding your diamond in the rough, but you don't have the other guy. I mean, perfect example is I, I put Cameron Young in my DK team at Riviera. I uh, didn't bet him, obviously, but um, I put him in my DK at Riviera just because it's a bomber's track these days and he's as long as they come off the tee, obviously. So yeah. so he had an absolutely fantastic week for me, but uh, I forget who else was in the team, but whoever it was from the bigger names sort of missed the cut. So uh, um, it didn't, uh, didn't really do me a lot of good, but... Uh, um, I mean, because obviously we've got on DK this week, we've got a, a million dollar first prize, haven't we? I think so. Um, uh, you know, we've got a got a, got a million yeah. maker. I think I'm right in saying. So, you know, for someone like me who's not going to sit down and put a hundred lineups in and what have you, the way I view it is only all right. I suppose you can have a duplicated lineup win, but only one person is going to win or one lineup is going to win. So, whilst the chances of winning with two or three lineups are obviously um, far smaller than if you put 100 lineups in, you can still win if you get the right lineup, can't you? So, uh, I mean, yeah. is there any history of a, a single lineup guy winning a Millie Maker at the Masters or something like that that you, you know about? I mean, am I... Am I better off throwing my money at the lottery or can I, can, can I win with them? Um, oh, no, you should lineups? definitely be playing this. This is life-changing money. Yeah. You can get aggressive with it because you're, you know you're not going to just play, you know, the, you're going to play who you like. But like you said, you have guys that you're already putting into your lineup that are unique enough anyway. So you're good from that perspective. Just a couple of weeks back, it wasn't a Millie Maker, but two weeks ago, a Run Pure Sports member had $144 in play and he won the $20 for 250 k and he also won the five dollar with the same lineup with uh, for fifty k. So it was like a two hundred and se- it was wow. might have been two hundred k. Sorry for the first one. Anyway, it was a two hundred seventy five thousand dollar return total on hundred and forty four dollars in buy ins. Mm. And so definitely play the twenty five dollar with your one lineup. That that is a lottery where you can make some educated guesses, where you have knowledge and be able to try and put it to your advantage. And look. Maybe you come up short and it is a top heavy tournament, but you could still turn that 25 bucks into a thousand plus on a really good week and then up to a million life changing money for most. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that, that's, I mean, I will play obviously because you say it's like a, a one shot and I'm never going to win a million bucks backing, you know, my golfers on a week. Because, uh, of course, I don't, um, don't, don't bet that much to win a million bucks. But uh, um, so, so yeah, while my DK stakes will always be smaller than my betting stakes, uh, and a week like this, I'm going to throw in, you know, two or three lineups at, uh, at $25. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it this week and my, my, initial take on this and i suppose it fits again with my team as a whole that we've looked at from a betting point of view is i've heard you and kenny refer to stars and scrubs i don't see this as a stars and scrubs week all right you, you know maybe a lineup or two with john Rahm in there and someone lower down but i would much rather be having a balanced lineup of my Lowry's and my um fitzpatrick's in there than i would be 
throwing the money at Hovland and Morikawa and putting a couple of, um, you know, having to put a couple of 6,300 guys in there. So uh, um, without giving too many of your secrets away at this stage of the week, is, is it, it, can, you, can you see my logic in that? Or? Yeah, oh, I definitely can. I think that's the way to go. That's what I like doing in stronger fields because they have to price everybody somewhere. And if you look at the top, it's incredible. But we just did storylines for all of them. And Kenny and I will talk more about it later this evening. But when you and I did the betting board, Rom, JT, Morikawa, that's three of the five guys above 10K on DraftKings. And there's a story to be told where they don't win. And instead, it's some of these guys down below that we liked, like a Berger or a Brooks. Or we didn't talk about these guys, but Cantlay, Hideki. Yeah. You could have Cameron Smith. There's all these guys there that can win. And then you could still fit in some better value plays that could find their way to the top of the board, maybe a little bit easier than trying to stack up two guys up top, like a Colin Morikawa and JT, and then finding a quote-unquote scrub. None of these guys are scrubs, but the bottom of the board of a golfer that maybe not as many people know about and needing to get all of those things right. So I'm with you. I do like a little bit more balanced approach. I will have both because I play enough yeah. lineups to, to cover me, but um, I do say, I will say this, especially in the Millie maker, like the $25, you really want to condense your pool. At least I do for weeks mm -hmm. like this, because I want more chances of, if I am right, I want more chances of being able to have the right combination with the pick down below, like one of those guys that are cheaper. I don't just want one lineup with a cheap guy. I want to have five to 10 with that cheap guy. So I have different angles to get to the top if they do show up and have a pretty good week. Okay. That's um, well, that's some good tips. And uh, uh, I don't know if, um, has, did only fools and horses ever make it over to Canada? Really famous um, comedy show here in the UK. Probably the biggest, most famous comedy show in a show of all time about a couple no, of. I'm pretty in tune with it. And I don't think I've seen no, that one. Well, if you ever get a chance to see it, there's a guy called Del Boy. Um, he's a, he's a, he, he did actually become a millionaire uh, eventually. Um, but um, his uh, catchphrase was always this, this time next year, we could be millionaires. Well, this time, this time, next week we could be millionaires tyler so uh, let's do it let's, i'm all let's, for that yeah. let's, let's do it um so back to the betting and uh you've got one more uh, one more pick for you i believe you've got a got a third man for your betting card this week yeah last pick of the week i'm gonna go to a guy that uh you know kind of fits some of the stuff you were talking about maybe not the best as of late but at least he's showing up and he's making cuts and doing his thing and has a very good history here of course uh won it a long time back now i believe it was 08 but that's sergio garcia 90 to one with eight places each way. I really do like that number. I saw some of the other books had them down at 40 or 50. Like that to me was crazy. But when I saw this number, I really liked it. It's still available out there. Just has a, a very good setup here. This is one of the ones I mentioned earlier with course history where I will, I'm not doing it because of the course history. I just like that factor, but he definitely plays well here. Ninth yeah, last year, yeah. you go back all the second, third, eighth, the win. His history, his core, his, his recent form, I should say, sorry, is pretty strong. And I just think it fits that mold of what you mentioned. Well, he has one here. And while he did eventually win a major at the Masters, I think it's still time for him to get another big one. And again, I like the eight places, but I think he has the full upside to be able to get to the top of the board. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously backed Sergio here on several occasions over the years, and um, it's one of those at 90 to 1 that even if he places, um, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at it and thinking, oh, you know, why did I ignore Sergio? It's a little bit like Siwoo this week. I mean, of course, he he, he loves himself a Pete Dye track, and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I reluctantly passed him by this week just because there's guys i fancy more but um uh yeah i'm i'm um yeah there's plenty of uh, plenty of rosalie to sergio this week so that makes a uh, perfect logic and um yeah you you've got a final tune for us uh, around sergio yeah. 
course, the cliche song that everybody loves, but I personally love this one. It was a favorite growing up, listening to it with my dad. But Journey, Don't Stop Believing. And it suits Sergio because I think you think about his career, he, he had to live by this song for quite some time, that major just hanging over his head forever. And I know he'd had other big wins, but that one for sure was one that he just didn't stop believing, ended up getting the job done at the Masters, of course. And now I think he's been singing that song again, probably, because he's got to think he can get back in to the winner's circle. And I think this would be a place he feels very comfortable trying to do so. So we got to like some Sergio this week at 90 to 1. Yeah, uh, and I like that Journey song. Good tune. Obviously, everyone likes that. So uh, um, I'll be enjoying listening to that on the pod, uh, or also on the pod on the um, Spotify playlist this week when I share it out. And don't forget to uh, check out that playlist, everyone. It's um, got one more tune to go on that, which uh, is our um, uh, listeners' selection for the free bet uh, this week. But uh, we already know we've got some Backstreet Boys on there, so you can't go wrong this you week. got a lot of choices on that playlist. A lot of choices. I don't think... Uh, you can skip that song, but it was definitely for the culture, and I think yeah. that makes a good playlist when you have a nice little mix. A absolutely. There. And uh, I don't think you find any other playlists that start with a uh, Catherine Wheel and move on to the Backstreet Boys. So <laughs> I'm uh, uh, yeah. happy to do that. So, um, so before we um uh, go on to uh the winner of this week's free bets just looking ahead to next week and uh we must be doing something right on the pod because i've somehow persuaded dave tindall to come back on uh so um dave will um be joining us again um delighted he's found the time to come back and uh he's going to be joining us to uh preview the Valspar next week which must be one of my favorite events on the, on the tour i love that copperhead track so i'm really looking forward to that next week and i think it will benefit for getting back to its march slot as well um Dave has threatened some Val Dunican for Val Spa, so uh, uh, <laughs> hopefully he won't go come through with that. But um, uh, yeah, so delighted to have Dave back on next week. Uh, the free bet. So as always, we've had some excellent suggestions. Um, uh, McNulty came in with um, Cut Some Rug um, by the Blue Tones for Saw Grass. Cut Some Rug, very good. Um, two out of three by Meatloaf got suggested in um, relation to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, we've got Sword off shotgun by the glorious suns. I don't know that tune actually, but obviously you got your sore angle there for sore grass. Um, that was Greg Petru. Um, and um uh song again, another song I listened to earlier, actually never heard it before. A song called Alice Merton. Um, a song um a song called Island for the Island Green, obviously. Um, thanks Adam for suggesting that. Uh, and in the same vein, we had Island in the Sun suggested, or indeed in the Sun J, um, suggested by uh, John. Thank you, John. Uh, but this week I'm going with, and this is actually, um, someone's been a bit disappointed this week because um, two people, as soon as I put it out, um, tweeted me this song within literally about a minute of each other. Uh, and the song was the obvious suggestion, 17 Going Under by Sam Fender. Uh, obviously the uh, perfect pick for this week's uh, 17th uh, hole going underwater. Uh, yeah. And um, Chris Wood and Ad Hunter both suggested this. And uh Chris, I'm sorry, Ad. Chris beat you to it by literally about a minute. Uh, feel free to trek back on the Twitter timeline, but I'm sure you'll... Uh, yeah, so um, I'm sorry, Ad. Chris um, beat you by about a minute. So, um, uh, sorry, not Chris Wood, Mark Wood. I'm saying Chris Wood, Mark Wood beat, um, beat you by about a minute. Um, Chris Wood's a cricketer, so uh, certainly wasn't him. Uh, Mark Wood beat you by about a minute, um, Ad. Um, so... Um, Put your song in next week, Ad, and I'll try and look on it favourably, but uh, um, or over the next few weeks anyway. But um, yeah, Mark just got there, so it's 17 going under by Sam Fender, uh, wins the free bet this week. So well done, Mark. Um, 
Okay, let's have a quick recap. So, uh, on the bets, first of all, uh, Tyler, who are you? Who are your picks this week? Remind us of your bets. Yeah, Brooks at forty, Corey Connors at sixty-six, and Sergio Garcia at ninety, all with eight places each way. Great. Uh, for me, it's six six uh, bets this week. Six players. Uh, it's Shane Lowry at forty-five to one, um, one and a half points each way for the eight places. Uh, Daniel Berger at thirty-five to one, one and a half points each way. For the eight places, and then we got Billy Horschel at 50 to 1, um, Matt, Pitts, Matt Fitzpatrick at 40 to 1, Louis at 50 to 1. You can get nine places for those two, um, eight places for Billy, and then my final one, Chris Kirk for the eight places at 90 to 1. Uh, some of the books are actually going 11 places over here this week, Tyler. You'd be amazed to hear, so wow. um, maybe that'll um come your way soon. What, one fifth. Um, fifth of the odds, um, uh, yeah, um, but wow. um, uh, but of course, the odds are a lot shorter. So, if you fancy okay. take burger, you get like 25 to one instead of 35 to one or something like that. So, uh, or 28 to one. Um, songs on the playlist, uh, Tyler, remind us of your three tunes if you can. Yes, we've got the Backstreet Boys for the culture, Long As You Love Me, we've got Pat Benatar, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, and then we've got Journey with Don't Stop Believing. And we're not going to be stop believing that we can win that million this week. Absolutely. Uh, right. My songs and the listener song this week. This is a bit where I always forget the songs I've picked. But we've gone Ursa Major Space Station by Catherine Will for that uh, beam me up Scotty and Captain Kirk battle yesterday. Um, Pretty in Pink by the Psychedelic Furs for Pink Out Day. Uh, then my next one was uh, Camper Van Beethoven, Pictures of Matchstick Men for Shane Lowry and uh, uh, the famous artist L.S. Lowry there. Uh, Lost Myself by the Long Pigs, a nice Sheffield song for um, honour of Matt Fitzpatrick. And then um, my final, rather not my final tune, the final tune for the playlist is the listener pick um, 17 Going Under by Sam Fender. So um, there's your picks, your betting picks, and there's your music picks. And don't forget to listen to the uh, playlist on Spotify when I put it out afterwards. Uh, Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate you making the time. I know you're really busy. I know you've got to go and record your pod with Kenny now. Um, remind everyone where they can find your stuff, um, your content every week. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on again, Martin. Nice chatting with you, definitely. We'll, we'll get you back on as well. But they can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. It's the same as my DraftKings username. Posting a lot there, doing a little bit of content curation, trying to put some stuff out to make it a little bit easier for people to find everything each week. So, you know, I read all the news and stay on top of everything because I need it for the content that I produce. So I thought that would be a good way I could go about it. You can find us, myself and Kenny Kim, who you've had on this show before on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. And then over at Run Pure Sports, it's the site that has all sports, everything to do with daily fantasy, betting. They've got everything over there. You can find me over there, and you can use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0, to get yourself 50% off the first month trial. Marvelous, and um, I can totally recommend, if you haven't listened to the Fantasy Degenerates podcast um let's get the words out there um uh then do give it a listen if you're trying to get um get an angle on dk or even if you're an experienced dk player uh it's an excellent podcast to listen to uh and um yeah tyler and kenny both incredibly knowledgeable on their on their dk angles and dk picks uh and kenny's always got a good story or two to tell as well so um, <laughs> uh, i'm sure I'll, I'll be listening in tomorrow to the one that you'll be recording later so tyler 
have a great week. Good luck. Um, I'd wish you luck in winning the million, but obviously I'm going to win it, not you. So uh, sorry about that. You can have the runner-up prize. Uh, Good luck. And, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and um, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on. So uh, have a great week, everyone. Um, Good luck with your betting. Enjoy the players. And uh, don't forget to turn the music up loud. Good night. <laughs>